Welcome to Destined to Be with Bishop Roberto Jamat. Bishop Jamat is an international motivational speaker and author whose mission is to empower, stimulate, educate, and bring spiritual enlightenment, guidance, and healing to all people. As senior pastor of Nazareth Christian Fellowship, located in Brooklyn, New York, he has a passion for restoring lives and motivating people to reach their full potential in God. Listen as Bishop Jamat teaches a life-changing lesson today. Stay tuned after the sermon for more information. Join us for today's message, Crazy Praise Equals Successful Destiny, taken from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verses 16 through 23. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's go to the word of the Lord. Amen. This morning, uh, before I give you my topic, I give you my text is coming from 2 Samuel 6, uh, 16 to 23. I'm not going to read all of that right away. I'm just going to read verse 23, and then I will read all the other passages as I go along in the text this morning. But I want to talk about the law of gravity, the law of gravity, the law of gravity. It talks about it. It says this, uh, the most, uh, the one most people know, the, the, the law that most people know is the one described by Newton. Uh, and is the universal law of gravity is F equal GM1 2 backslash R2, where F is the force due to gravity between two masses, M1 and M2, which are distanced by R apart. And G is the gravitational constant. So, so to, to, to give you that in, in layman's terms, what gravity is if something falls. G- give, give me that, give me that, uh, uh, that change, that, that uh, give me the change, the, the, the remote. See, you see, gra- this is gravity. All that I just said, this is what it means. And that's a law. That law will never change. Now, let me give you a law in the kingdom of God that will never change. Crazy praise equals successful destiny. Hello, somebody. Come on, you ought to give God some praise. Tell your neighbor, if you want a successful destiny, You've got to give God a crazy praise. Ah, oh, come on, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. So this is the word of God. Verse 23 from my text says, Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you're doing in this day and in this season, in this place called Nazareth, and to everyone who is connected to us. Father, as the word go forth, hide me behind the cross. Let me die and let your spirit rise in me. Cause my words to decrease and your words to increase. Bless those who hear the word. Teach them how to become doers and not just hearers of the word. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Tell your neighbor quickly before you sit down. A crazy praise praise equals successful destiny. destiny. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So let me give you a little background to the text. A little background to the text. David finally has defeated his enemies, the Philistines. Israel is now a powerful nation in the region or the world. David has just established his kingdom, his capital city, Jerusalem. He took the the stronghold called Zion, and he named it his capital city. The Lord has given everything into David's hand. 
uh, uh, he has consolidated his power base. He is now king over Judah and king over Jerusalem. And his capital city is now established. It's the city called Jerusalem. Jerusalem sits on a hill. The Jezebites believed that it was an impenetrable city. And they laughed at David and made fun of David and said that David could never take the city. But David took the city. The nation now is consolidated, is powerful. Uh, it's more powerful than when Saul was king because when Saul was king, he never had peace. He was constantly fighting. David now is the king of all the nation, and he has established himself in his capital city. David goes after now the one object, the one object that Saul never cared to go after. David goes after the one object that rep represents or symbolizes the presence of God. David remembers his biblical studies. He remembers his Sunday school. He remembers how Moses, the lawgiver, built the Ark of the Covenant according to God's instruction. He remembers how uh, the presence of God lead, led them through the wilderness and rested on the Ark at night. He remembered how when the tent was constructed, uh, the, the tent of worship was constructed, how the Spirit of God will descend at night when they were camped and rest above the mercy seat, which was the cover to the ark. He remembered how when they crossed the Jordan River, it was the ark that was in front of them, was the ark that the Levites carried on their shoulders and stood in the middle of the River Jordan, and the River Jordan dried he remembered how every battle they fought, the ark was there. And the ark, because the presence of the Lord was represented by the ark, they won their battles, they won their wars, they won their fights because the presence of God was with them. He also remembered how the ark was captured by the Philistines. When the sons of Eli, Hophni and Tanaeus, those two boys who didn't regard the things of the Lord, took the ark into battle, and the people shouted, and the Philistine began to be scared. But because you shout doesn't mean that God is with you. Because if you're not living right and you're shouting, it means nothing. So they go into battle with the ark, and the ark is captured by the Philistines. And the Bible tells us, if you're a Bible student, the Bible tells us the Philistines took the ark now and they put it inside of their temple. Their god was Dagon. And Dagon was a, a mermaid god. He was half man, half fish. So they put him inside. They put the ark of God in the temple of Dagon. And they, they left, him, left the, the, the ark there overnight. And when they woke up the next morning, they found Dagon on his face before the ark. So they figure, oh, it's coincidence. He just probably fell down. So they put him together again. They put him up and they prop him up again. And the next morning they woke up and Dagon's arms are gone. His, 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 his fish part is gone. He's chopped up into pieces on the floor before the ark. And then they realized that it just wasn't a coincidence, but it's the God of Israel who is causing their God to bow in his presence because God is all-powerful. So now God begins to deal with the Philistines. He begins to give them hemorrhoids. Hello, the Bible calls it boy, but it's hemorrhoids. They all get affected with hemorrhoids. Women, men, children, everybody got hemorrhoid problems. So they moved the ark to another city, and the same city thing happened again. They all began to experience hemorrhoids, and the rats were running all over the place, and plague was affecting their, 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 their city. So they decided, you know what, let's send this thing back to God. So they said they consulted their wise men, and they said, what shall we do? How do we treat this ark? What do we do with this ark? Well, they came up with a brilliant idea. They said, well, get two cows. That just had calves. And if you know cows, cows don't leave their babies. Cows stay with their babies. 
put these two cows on a new cart and put the ark on a cart and 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 and, and, and put the ark in a cart and a cart and allow the the, the the cows to go back to go back if they go back to Israel we'll know that God has forgiven us but they also realize that they must put offering to send it back each king the Philistine was represented by five kings and each king put uh, go a gold rat and a gold uh, like a tumor and put it in a cart and send it back so the ark goes into Israel and the ark rests uh, uh, in, 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 in Judah, someplace in Judah, rest there. And then we, we learn later it's in the house of Abinadad. And Abinadad is being blessed because the Ark of the Covenant is in his house. So, so I believe that I've caught you up now with where the Ark of the Lord is. So now David become king. David has consolidated his kingdom. And David said, the one thing I need is the presence of the Lord. Now, the Bible says this. It says, now David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David crossed and went with all the people who were with him to Baal, to Baal Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the very name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned above the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart that they might bring it from the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Io, the sons of Abinadad, were leading the new cart. I'm going to give you some principles. I'm going to give you seven principles from this lesson. The first principle I want to give you is this. You need the presence of God in your environment. Hello, somebody. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need the presence of God in your environment. Now, your environment is your life, your home, the place of business. Any place you hang out, you need the presence of God. The presence of God needs to be all around you. The presence of God needs to be in everything you do. If you understand that the presence of God is everywhere you are, you don't sin. Oh, let me get too much amen there. See, because, because you have to understand that the presence of God is everywhere. See, 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 in the Old Testament, they carried the ark. The Levite carried the ark. We no longer carry the ark. The ark is within us. The presence of God is within us. Because Paul tells us, know you not that your body is the temple of the living God. It means that the presence of God is dwelling inside of you. So you are now a glory carrier. Oh, somebody to praise God. You are carrying glory. High five your name as a neighbor. You just touched somebody. Who's carrying glory? So let me let me warn you, let me warn you, let me warn you, because there's a warning in this text right here. Never use the world's method for the things of God. A crazy praise must be done God's way. See, some of us believe that you can live any way you want to live. And then praise God and something is going to happen because you're praising God. You have to do things God's way. According to the word of God. According to his established precepts. That's how you do things with God. You can't live any way you want to. And then come to church on a Sunday morning. And begin to praise God and expect God to just move for you. Yeah, just got quiet. Because some of us have the belief that we can just pray and do anything we want to do. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on Sunday, we can come to church and praise God and everything is okay. But watch this. David put the ark on the new cart like the Philistine had done. He figured if they did it, he can do it. But he forgot his Sunday school lesson. And his Sunday school lesson taught 
him that the ark must be carried on the shoulders of the Levites. The ark must be carried on glory carriers. And you are a glory carrier. So the presence of God must be carried on a glory carrier. That's why, you don't, that's why you need to understand that whenever you step in to any place you step into, because you are a glory carrier, you should change the environment. The environment should never remain the same once you step into the environment, especially when you just give God a crazy praise, because praise is a war weapon. See, worship is not a war weapon. Praise is a war weapon. You want to war, you got to praise. You want to war, you got to praise. So my principle number one is this. You need the presence of God. So the text goes on to say, so they brought it. They brought it with the ark of God from the house of Benadad, which was on the hill. And I was walking ahead of the ark. Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments of, of made of fir, wood, with lyres, harp, tambourine, castanets, and cymbals. Watch this now. Watch it. Watch it now. They're celebrating. They're praising God. What the text says? Matthew, is it up there? They're praising God. They're celebrating God. They 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 having they having praise and worship, big time, and, and watch this. But when they came to the threshing floor of Nacom, Uzzah reached out towards the ark and took hold of it, for the oxen nearly upset it, and the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah. Watch this, and God struck him down there for his irreverence, and he died there by the ark of God. David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. And that place is called Para Uzzah to this day. So David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can I bring the ark of the Lord to me? You see, because, you see, watch this. Just because you're worshiping God, just because you're in the midst of high praise and high worship, don't mean that you're right with God. Don't mean that God cannot judge you. For, for, for messing with his precepts and his laws. And when we act the way we want to as believers and do what we want to do as believers and live the life we want to live as believers, don't be, don't be, don't be a, 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 a surprise when God does something that's totally against. You think God can't take care of himself? He didn't need no help from Uzzah. I always felt bad for Uzzah. I would always like, why would God do that to the man? The man was just trying to help you. He was just trying to help you. God don't need any help. And the reason why Uzzah reached out because of, it was because of his familiarity with the ark. See, the problem with some of us is that we become so familiar with the things of God is that we feel that we can live anywhere we want to and do anything we want to. And then just God just has to accept what we give him. God don't have to accept anything you give him. You just got to be careful. You got to do it God's way. Tell somebody you got to do it God's way. You got to live the way God says you must live. You can't live your life anyhow. Expect God just because you come and give God a crazy praise. He's going to just bless you just like that. The devil is a liar. You better live right before God. Hey, amen. I'm tired of professional Christians. Some of you are professional Christians, you know how to praise God. You know when to praise God. You know to do the, the two-step dance. And you, you know all of that stuff. But your life is a shamble. Your life is a mess. And you're talking about, I'm going to give God a crazy praise. He's going to take care of me. No, he ain't going to take care of you. Tell somebody, God don't accept just anything. So, so, so here's my principle on that one. To experience success. You must do it God's way. God's way. You must follow his instruction. Here's my third principle. Don't allow the mistake or failure to deter you from your dream. Don't allow a mistake or a failure to deter you from your dream. So David is upset. David got mad. 
You know, David, you, you know, I'm writing a book about David, right? David had uh, 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 some emotional issues. Uh, 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 you know, the Bible says, God said, this is a man after my own heart. But David had some issues. David would get mad. I was reading when David, David told Solomon, Solomon, said, Solomon, now that you're a king, there's three people I want you to take care of. And I don't want you to just fix it. I want you to kill them. Take him out. One was his general. He said, 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 I want you to kill him. I said, you know, he did wrong. He killed two generals under the pretense that it was war. You deal with him. And then the man, you remember the man who cursed David when he was walking, when he was leaving, uh, when he was running, when he was, I forget his name, he was running, and, 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 and he was running from his son Absalom. And, 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 and this man stayed in the hill, and, and he, I think his, his name was Simeon or whatever his name was, and he cursed David. And then David told, told Solomon, listen, he treated me bad. And I said I wouldn't have killed him in my lifetime, but you don't have to honor that. Hello? And, 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 and Solomon showing sure up did it because Solomon said, you're going to live in the city, and you ain't going to never leave the city. Three years later, he forgot, and he left the city, and Solomon called and said, come here, come here, come here. Did I take him to leave the city? He said, yeah. You're dead. So David didn't play. David was praying. I said, Lord, destroy my enemy. Kill them. David said, don't let them have any kids. Just kill all, kill all of them, Lord. He just, 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 just wipe them out. They mess with me. You take care of them, God. That's what I love about David. David was very human. Because if God could do that for us, there's at least, I know, there's these five people you can say, Lord, you know, you, you got to get rid of these five people, Lord. Yes. Yes. Oh, y'all, see, see. Yes. That's okay. It's okay. Yes. Only me. Only me. Only, only me. Only me. But David, 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 David. So David is mad now because David said, I'm trying to bring the ark of God. I'm dancing. I'm praising. And you killed Uzzah. But then he learned something. He learned, see, after the, the ark, they put the ark in a house of one called Obedidim. I always like that name, Obed-Edom. They put the ark in the house of Obed-Edom. And the Bible says that Obed-Edom began to prosper. All of a sudden, the ark gets to Obed-Edom's house, and Obed-Edom is prospering. Listen, God so prospered Obed-Edom that he brought him into the Levitical line when he was not qualified. You bring God's presence into your environment, and God will change the natural just for you. It will change the natural, make it supernatural so you can fit in. Oh, y'all didn't hear me in that one. You got to bring God's presence into your home. You want your home to change? Bring his presence into your home. Instead of complaining and crying and, and fussing and cussing, bring his presence into your home. And watch God change the environment of your home. So, here, so here's Uzzah. Now Uzzah is being blessed by God. And David said, you know what? I want that blessing in my kingdom. So he consults. In, in the book of Chronicles, it tells you how he's going. He consults with the Levi. And the Levites tells him, this is what you got to do. You got to, the ark of God has to be carried with the poles. And that's has to carried by the Levites. So the Levites come and they, they bring the pole. And they start to process one more time into the city of David. And the Bible says that David now, David now, he begins to, to dance again like he did before. He begins to praise God like he did before. Watch this. Watch this. Here's my principle number four. When you get a bump in the road, don't allow the bump in the road to keep you from achieving your purpose. Go back to the drawing board. Try it again. That's my principle number four. So here's David doing it a second time. He's bringing the ark of the Lord back into the city for a second time. And he's like, okay, we're going to do it right this time. So every time he, he makes about 10 paces, he sacrifices. And he's dancing and he's praising the Lord. Uh, verse 12 and verse 13 says this. And David was unwilling to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David with him. But David took aside to the house of Obedidim, the Gittite. He's a Gittite. He's not a Levite. He's a Gittite. But God brings him into the priestly order because he brought the presence of God into his home. Thus the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim for three months. That's prophetic. Y'all didn't get it. 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 You, you, if you got it, give God a shout. 
And it says, the Lord blessed Obadiah and his household. So now, and then in verse 14 and 15, he said, and David uh, uh, decided, and when, when he brings the ark back, he said, David danced before the Lord with all his might. With all his might. I understand what that means now. Hello, somebody. I understand what dancing before the Lord with all your might means. It means some stuff going to fall off of you. Oh, y'all didn't get me. Y'all didn't get me. Some stuff going to fall off of you. Uh, hello, somebody. A wig may fall off. Hello, somebody. Something has got to fall off. Because when you begin to praise the Lord like you have no sense, something's got to fall off. Hello, somebody. Some habits in your life going to fall off. When you start to give God a crazy praise, some things in your life that's been connecting to you for a long time going to fall off when you start giving God a crazy praise. So here's David. The Bible said David is dancing with all his might. And he has a little ephod on. And his ephod fall off. But he keeps dancing. Lord have mercy. You just got to understand this. You got to understand that you may lose something. Maybe your slip may fall off. Or maybe your underwears may come off. You just got to keep praising God. Why? Because you're giving God a crazy praise. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. Giving God a crazy praise will cause things to fall off. Watch it, watch it. So, 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 so David now, it says, it says, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of the ram's horn. Principle number five, learn to praise God for what he has done, for what he is doing, and for what he's about to do. Oh, you ought to give God a praise. Praise him for all things, even when you fail. Praise him. So here's principle number six. Don't allow others to hinder or criticize your praise. This is the text of, this is the hoax of my message. In verse 16, it says, but the ark of the Lord uh, uh, entered the city of David. Micah, the daughter of Saul, David's first wife. Look from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she was filled with contempt. There is a spirit of Micah that's in some of you. Because you watch people praise and you sit there and you just watch them. And in your mind, you were saying, it ain't take all of that. Look at the, look at the, it's the spirit of Micah. I don't care what you, Bishop, you know, I'm praising God. I know how, I praise God my way. I, I just keep my mouth shut. I, no, 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 you ain't praising God. You got the spirit of Micah inside of you. So watch this, so watch this, so watch this. Um, my point number seven, because I want to jump down to this thing. When you fail to praise God, you destroy your destiny. The spirit of Micah stops you from being productive. Watch this. For when David returned to bless his household, Micah, the daughter of Saul, came to meet David and said, How the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants, maids, as one as, 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 as one of the foolish, shameless. As, 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 as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Micah, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his household to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I celebrate before the Lord. I will be more lightly esteemed than this, and I will be humble in my own eyes. But with the maids of whom you have spoken, with them I will be distinguished. 
Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no child from the day of her death. Let me give you a little history back here because we need some history. Micah was David's first wife. David killed a hundred Philistines and took their foreskins just for Micah. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Saul wanted to trap David. And Saul said to David the first time, kill 10 Philistines and bring me their foreskins. And, and David did it, but Saul tricked David and gave the big sister to someone else. But actually, David liked Micah. He was in love with Micah. So when, when, when the king gave him another assignment, he said, give me 20 foreskins. David only got 100 foreskins because he loved Micah. So he married Micah. That's his first wife. Now, Micah loved David. She was Saul's daughter, his connection to royalty. So now, when Saul begins to persecute David, Micah covers for Saul, puts a dummy or a statue in the bed, and said David is sick while David escaped through the window. And Saul cursed her off. So while David is on the run from Saul, her father, he gives Micah to another man in marriage. When David now is established as king, he says, I want my wife back. I want Micah back. back. Now he, he has two wives by this time because he, ma he married Abigail and he had another wife. But he wanted Micah back because Micah was important to him. It was his first wife. He loved her. And it was his first wife. Now, now the thing about this is that when he calls, bring, brings her back to him now, she has a husband. So, 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 they, so the husband is crying behind her. Oh, oh, oh my God. She doesn't, even, she doesn't even care about him because she's going to go marry a king. So her husband now is crying behind her. And, and I think Abner says to her, listen, if you, don't, if you don't leave, I'm going to kill you. So he left. So he brings her back in. And he brings her back now. And even though he has two wives there now, she is still number one wife. And now when she looks at David and she doesn't praise God, she criticizes David because of his praise, what she does is she aborts her destiny. When you don't praise God, you abort your destiny. When you don't praise God, when you don't give God a crazy praise, you don't live successfully. You don't have a successful destiny. Why? Because she was intended to be the queen mother. Y'all didn't hear that. Y'all didn't get that. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. She was to be the queen mother. The offspring of David and Micah would have been the number one successor to the throne because he had royalty. He had the line of Saul in him and the line of David in him. He was destined to be the, the king of Israel after David. She aborted her destiny because she refused to, because she criticized David for praising or giving God a crazy praise. The spirit of Micah is going to abort the promise inside of you. Oh, y'all, y'all getting quiet on me. Y'all getting quiet on me. Because you have to understand who Micah was. And some of you, right now, some of you look at me like, Bishop, I don't understand this whole story. It's just, it's just like a bunch of nonsense to me. No, she aborted. You see, that's why, see, he, the throne was never supposed to go to Absalom. It was never supposed to go to the firstborn. It was supposed to go to who God said it would have gone to. It went to Solomon. Right? Who David had, who David had an illicit affair with a woman. Killed her husband. Right? And, and, and now Saul, now Solomon becomes king. Why? Because that's who God chose. But it should have been Micah's son. But because she did not give God a crazy praise, she aborted her destiny. Let, let me talk to some of you with the Micah spirit in you. You need to break that spirit. Don't look at me and say, you know, Bishop, I, 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 we don't need to do all that. My question to you, my, my, my statement to you, yes, you do. Because you do it for other things. If you can get crazy for other things, why can't you get crazy for God? 
I'm not like that. I have seen some of you acting out. And you, the way you act out outside, you don't act that way in church. As a mother, I'm like, who is that person? I don't recognize. God has done some incredible things for you. And you think it hard to act crazy and give God a crazy praise? If you can give God a crazy praise, you with me. Hello, somebody. So I need all my crazy praises. You're still in the Micah spirit. I rebuke that Micah spirit today. In the name of Jesus. I set you free from the Micah spirit. But you can only be set free. If you want to be set free. Oh, so I need my crazy praisers. Because we're going someplace. We're going someplace. We're going someplace. Don't sit down, crazy bro. Some folks next to you are criticizing you. They're like, oh, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I can't deal with you. You're making all this noise, and I can't deal with you. All that because the reason why you can't deal with it is because you got that mic of spirit in you, and that that mic of spirit only criticizes. That mic of spirit don't want to praise God. It just wants to criticize. So get my crazy praises. Give, give God a crazy praise. crazy praise is changing your environment. Some of you need to go home. You need to go home. You need to go home and begin to change your environment with a crazy praise. Them kids are acting up. Your children acting up. Your children acting up. The reason they're acting up is because you have not given God a crazy praise in your house. When you start to give God a crazy praise, the environment in your home will change. Listen. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Because this is important because I'm talking about it. I'm talking about environment. And how God changes environment. And how God will change his own precepts. Listen to me now. God will change his own precepts and his own laws. When you learn how to give God a consistent crazy praise and a worship. Watch this. Watch this. When Moses designed the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. His, the specific instruction by God was that the Ark of the Covenant should be in the holies 
of holies. You know your Bible, right? It was designed to be in the holies of holies, in the tabernacle, the tent that Moses designed. And they were going to the holies of holies, which only the high priest could enter into the presence of the holies of holies once a year. He could only enter once a year. Now, David takes the ark that could only be exposed when the children of Israel were moving on the shoulders of the Levites and had to remain inside of the holies of holies when the tent was erected and set up. There was a tent. The tent was set up in Shiloh. David's city was in Jerusalem, not Shiloh. David took the ark of the Lord and put it under a tent in Jerusalem, not the way it was designed to be. God didn't want it that way. God designed it to be in the ark, in the tent that was in Shiloh. But because David surrounded the ark with praise and worship, God allowed David to keep the ark of the Lord in his capital city until he built, until his son built the temple. So what your crazy praise will do, it will cause God to change natural design just for you. Oh, hallelujah. My God, my God. God will change the natural order just for you because you give him a crazy praise. David set up the tent and he got the musicians, he got the Levites and 24-7, 24-7, there was never a time when the ark was not surrounded by praise and music and worship. It went on for 24 hours. There was never a break. There was never a break. There was never a break. There was never a let up. There was never a pause. There was never a pause. It just kept on going. And God kept expanding David's kingdom. He kept giving David favor. Why? Because David praised him. David gave him a crazy. Somebody give God a crazy. Give God a crazy praise. Some of you don't want things to change. That's why you don't want to give God a crazy praise. But I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you. To give God a crazy praise. And watch him change your environment. Watch him change your environment with a crazy praise. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. In this season of Nazareth, when you give your crazy praise, God is changing the natural just for you. They told you no. Praise going to change that no to a yes. They turn you down. Praise going to change that turn down. A yes. Oh, y'all not hearing me this morning. You have some bills that can't be paid. Your praise will cost somehow for the bills to be paid. You got some children that's giving you hell. You just got to keep praising God. You need something from God. 
You just got to keep praising him. You just got to keep praising One last thing. One last thing. And I'm done. And I'm going to lose half of you with this one last thing. Because. Hallelujah. One last thing. Listen to what the text says. Verse 17 says. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent. Which David has pitched pitched for it. And David offered. Burnt offering and peace offering. And then it later says when he went home, he gave all his people something. He gave. Your crazy praise. Your crazy praise requires a sacrifice. Hallelujah. You see? Hallelujah. Half of you, stop crazy praising. Because you, you heard a sacrifice. You heard an offering. Watch this. No one paid for anything other than David. David paid everything. He bought the cows. He bought the bulls. He bought the bread. He gave everything. He just gave it because he understood. He understood the grandness of what God was going to do for him. Because it was later God said to David, David, because you praise me, because you worship me, there will never be someone from your lineage who will not sit on my and this throne. And David said, Lord, you did that for me, humble old me. Who am I that you do that for me, God? And and God said, because you're a man after my own heart, you know how to praise me. You know how to praise me. You know how to fall in your face. You know how to give me a crazy praise. David told uh, told, told Micah, he said, Micah, all them people that you say, that you say going to criticize me, they ain't going to criticize me. They're going to praise me. Because they know what I'm doing is God. So I need you to give God your crazy praise. But once you give it, once you give that crazy praise, understand this. You're changing environments. Uh, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. There are some enemies who want to knock you down. There are some enemies who have come against you and you have cussed them off. You have, you have tried all sorts of stuff with them. You, what you have to realize is that praising is a, is a war cry. So the Bible says, when, when Pastor Jamal preached, he said, who do we send first? Send Judah first. It meant that Judah was just praised. Judah just praised. You got, you got to praise God. You just got to praise God. You got to praise God. You got to praise first. See, see, see we, 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 we fight. We try to fight first. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God through the pulling of strongholds. We don't have to fight them physically. Just start to praise God. But the problem with us is that we don't do it consistently. We, we, we praise God now. When we get home, we walk through the door, and we're fussing and cussing, and we're carrying on. No, no, no. Don't fuss, cuss, and carry on. Praise God. Walk through your house, say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I bless you. Walk through that room. Walk to that unruly child's room and start to praise God. Rather than cuss that child, just praise God. Rather than fight with them, just praise God. Because when you praise God, you're fighting. God is fighting your battle. He's winning every battle. So come on, my crazy praiser. Where are my crazy praisers? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. 
We pray that you were blessed by today's word. To receive this sermon, please visit brjministries.org. While there, you may also sign up for Bishop Jamat's free publications or purchase one of his many books, including his bestseller, The Spiritual Iron Man 40-Day Training Manual. Follow Bishop Jamat on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRJ Ministries. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write us at BRJ Ministries, 576 Ralph Avenue, Suite 2, Brooklyn, New York, 11233. Or email us at radio at org. You may also call us at 855-JAMAT. That's 855-536-6688. If you are in the New York City area, you may visit Bishop Jamat Sundays at 11 a.m. We are located at 576 Ralph Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. This broadcast is made possible by your prayers and the generous financial contribution of our friends and supporters. To become a friend or supporter of this ministry, please visit brjministries.org and click on the donate icon. Every financial gift you give to this ministry helps us continue this broadcast. Here again is Bishop Roberto Jamat. Hello, my friend. This is Bishop Roberto Jamat. I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that the sermon has blessed your heart and challenged you to become all that God has destined you to be. If this broadcast has blessed your heart, remember to share it with a friend. Remember, these podcasts are made possible because of your prayer and your generous donation. Any donation to this ministry helps us continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to donate to this ministry, you can visit the website brjministries.org and click on the donate button. Until I hear from you, be blessed and remember, be all that God has destined you to be.